I'm Tom. I'm Stephanie. This is a podcast about what bonds people and places together. Or as we like to call it, food glue. So Tom and I have popped down to Greenhood Coffee because it's our favourite. It's actually accidentally ended up being two things because um, Lovely Rory is also flogging some of his old grinders and obviously I need a commercial grinder in my house, like normal people do, not. But also because we've come to meet the lovely Grace from G&G Sources. So do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Grace. I make or I'm the owner of G&G's sauces, oils, that sort of thing. Noodles. And we'll come back to it, but you're an excellent granola. Yes, yes. <laughs> the Sherwood Vegan Market's really good. That's mm-hmm. where I first found you. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. So it must have been the sort of last January of lockdown yeah. when it was re- kind of reopened. And I came with my friend Laura and we both bought three jars of your sauces. You completely sold out of noodles. Yeah. And you have been open like an hour and an hour and a half. <laughs> It was a bit nuts down there because also the two cake stands are both completely sold out. I think it was a really one, busy, rainy Saturday. Yeah, I think I did the first show with Vegan Market there and no one could have judged how busy it was. And it was, yeah. so it was crazy. I remember the cake people, just someone, had, someone went yeah. home and came back with some more stuff. And yeah. we were just like, I've just made it. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I haven't actually done that one for a while. I've got one, I'm doing it in February. Um, I think it's a bit quieter, but everything is... Because yeah. of COVID, there wasn't anything else to do. Yeah. So, uh, but it's still a really worthwhile market. Good. Worth, worth doing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I um, met you, Grace, there, um, and I bought three sauces from you, um, and I bought a Sichuan BB, yep. a tahini soy, mm-hmm. and or a chilli garlic oh yeah they're, if anyone was sort of new to G&G sauces they're the three that ah oh, interesting yeah. I went with the OGs <laughs> yeah perfect and so do you want to just give us a bit of a like primer on GG's where did it come from so um, it's come from my love of noodles I guess uh, I used to work at Wagamama and had staff meals there and basically ate noodles every day for three years and at some point <laughs> I thought you know what I think I'm going to get sick of noodles and they never did so um, I wanted to do something a bit more exciting than Wagamama noodles. So saw a few people on Instagram making them themselves and then making their sauces themselves as well. And like a lot of people during lockdown, there wasn't much else to do. Mm. So I just thought, well, why not? I'll do it, do it for myself. And then people started enjoying it. And so the response was good from like family and friends. And so I just thought, why not? Give it a go. If people buy it, people buy it. If they don't, they don't. And I'm assuming one of the G's in G and G's is you, Grace. Yes. So they are technically both me. <laughs> I just thought it sounded a bit more professional, like the idea that two people nice. together doing it, but really it's me. <laughs> uh, so my name's Grace Germain. Okay. Um, and my parents, their plan was always for people to call me Gigi, but that never yeah. caught on. So I thought now they have to. Yeah. <laughs> I'll make it my name of my business and so that they do. So it's G and G's, but a lot of people call me Gigi, which I quite like. Yeah, lovely. And do you have kind of because you, you just mentioned working in Wagamama's and that inspired you, but the sauces you make taste <laughs> like much more authentic, much more thought through, much more many layers of flavours mm-hmm. than maybe I would expect from Wagamama's. Like, how did your kind of research slant go? Like, do you have any history? In- so just from following other similar people yeah. on Instagram, wow. that sort of thing, and then eating it myself and 
I've not sort of gone on a research trip or yeah. anything like that, but other than just, you know, eating my way around Nottingham, that's sort of <laughs> Amazing. And then once I sort of made the sauces, some of them were like, yeah, that's it, spot on. And then some of them were like, oh, I think I want something a little bit, you know, not as spicy or that, and that caused some of the other sauces to develop. Absolutely. And just to go back to Bagamama's, mm -hmm. what's your favourite dish? So, I don't know, I mean, I haven't been since I left, because I saw, I've said I refuse to pay full price, so unless there's somebody there that I know to give me a discount. Um, I used to really like the Caroloman. It was like this bright orange, in my mind it's similar to Alexa, yeah. but I don't really remember what it tastes like. So it's bright orange, noodles, and you, can, you can't see the noodles, there's so much soupy sauce. So much goodness yes, on the exactly. Yeah. And so um, you're mainly operating from um, markets at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where have you got some books? Where can people find you coming up? So February and March, I've got Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, every weekend pretty much done. So I've got Runnington on the first week, Sherwood, Vegan on the second, um, Ravenshead, Sunday of the first week. I want to say Woodborough. Oh. Um, all over the place. All over the place. Yeah, around wow. Nottingham. But yeah, pretty much all over the place. I'm trying to get like a routine. Like the first weekend, I'm in Ruddington, and then yeah. the second week, I'm in another place. Yeah. Um, and then a few different ones here and there. And in addition to your great sauces, which come in jars and they last quite a long time, like I've definitely had one where I've used most of it and then found it at the back of the cupboard and been very pleased to find it. What What else have you got on your market store? Uh, so we've got fresh noodles, um, make them myself with flour, locally grown flour. So I use the Nottingham Mill Co-op that's based in Stenton Market Avenues, Green's Windmill, which is like two minutes away from my house, and then Tuxford, do a few here and there at Tuxford. And then I've also got granola, which is a rel relatively new, it's a tahini soy and chilli granola. Wow. So it that. sounds savoury, but it is still sweet, still have it with milk, yeah. yoghurt, fruit, if you're feeling a bit fancy. Um, and I, I definitely recommend giving it a try. It's, it's hard to explain because it just sounds so strange, but people that buy it will always come back in the next market, like, I need to get two bags of that. It, it, this is actually <laughs> so bizarre and topical. This morning for breakfast, I had Anna Jones's tahini drizzled fruit, which is tahini, a bit of honey, mm -hmm. some water and lemon juice, and you mix it all up. And tahini and lemon juice and water, like, emulsifies in a magical way and turns into, like, a cloudy... Breakfast hummus. Yeah, and you just, like, <laughs> sprinkle it all over the top with seeds on your fruit, and it's delicious. I don't know how the emulsification magic happens, but it does with tahini, so... Really. I don't know either, but I no. know it works, so... Magic. And so nice to hear that all your um, flour for your noodles comes locally. Mm -hmm. um, did that take some experimentation, getting your noodle recipe right? And does it change with the different flours? Um, it does, yeah. So if you're using a wholemeal, then I have to use less wholemeal and maybe up the hydration a little bit, use a little bit more water. And then if um, I want to get my hands on some spelt again, and so that changed. That's like a really stretchy joke, so that's really chewy. Um, good for ramens and things like that. So, uh, luckily, even bad noodles to me are still quite nice noodles. So if it, I do an experiment and it goes and go, it goes wrong, 
it's still edible and, and it's still tasty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no waste in your house. No, not at all. So you talked about the sourcing there of your flour for your noodles. What about the sourcing of the ingredients for your um, sauces? Sourcing of sourcing of sources. Sources. So that's not as simple. Um, just because a lot of the stuff like the chilies and all the dried spices, I use like local shops. So Pack Foods is just around down the road from me, so I use them. Great. Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I'd talk grow everything, grow all my chilies myself, <laughs> but um, I think to keep the costs yeah. affordable, um, I do have to use yeah. chains and things like yeah. that. But great to see that, and it's funny, I tried to grow a chilli plant and it went really leggy. Like, I got some chilies mm. off it, but it, like, shot up and I tried chopping it back and it's died. I'm sorry for myself, so I agree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, some nice consistent boxes of chilies is much, I'd rather that than yeah. having to go to the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, Brad Thai, they were talking about creating, trying, trying to grow some oh, authentic type yeah. stuff from seeds on yeah. allotments and greenhouses. And they've, yeah, I messaged they've them actually and was like, because I work at the farm, yeah. I was like, we'd love to try, like, if you've got any spare seeds, obviously I know they're probably, they're more precious, yeah. <laughs> those Thai basil seeds to them, but uh, we're quite quite good at growing stuff for the farm, so I dropped them a message. Yeah, great. And actually, them and you would be a, a powerhouse. Mm. Getting your sources into some of their recipes would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, I've given them a few jars, so maybe watch this space. <laughs> no, I love those well. guys. I've, we, me and my partner, we've been following them around everywhere for quite a while. So, <laughs> nice that they, you know, they, we're not weirdos and we're actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. So, um, you've got your regular kind of pop up spots. Do you have a favourite? What for markets? Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually really like the garage. I think partly because it's inside. <laughs> yeah. Really, whenever I think about the fundamentals. But the guys there, the Bartons, they're just so lovely. Yeah. And like, I can drop them an email and I know they're going to respond. And they'll do, like, if they, if I'm like, oh, have you got any space? I'm like, we'll see what we can do. So I do really like, I like it there. Yeah, because yeah, you get good response. And I know what you mean. When it's your side hustle, if people aren't kind of responding to you mm. and having a conversation with you, you know, if it takes them two weeks to respond to you and you've got another job to yeah. have, it's hard, isn't it? I Sometimes if you've got that. one date that you want to fill, you re I'd, like, I'd prefer that, for instance, but if yeah. they're too slow, I'm like, well, I've got to book it up. And yeah, so those guys are always reliable. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. You recently, I think just before Christmas, did a, a like meal-based pop-up mm -hmm. rather than just doing your sauces, actually cooking for people yeah. at um, Essen General Store. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So um, I met the Essen guys because I used to work at Tuff Mary's. Okay. So it's all sort of nothing. Yeah. It's just it's a large village, isn't it? Yeah. So and it's then Brian at Tuff Mary's, isn't it? Yeah. He's on my hit list. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've got some other people to give you as well, if you like. Right. Um, but yeah, so I met, knew those guys and I've been to the store and was just like, this would be great. So I just asked them, would you be interested in a pop-up? I don't think they'd done anything like it before. Um, and yeah, they seemed up for it. So we what, booked in a date and... What was on the menu? So um, I keep it really simple just because it's me in the kitchen. So I have a veggie one, a vegan one and a meaty one. So the meaty one was Lanzu like, slow beef. So it was a mixture of cheek, rib, shin. It's really slow roasted meat with really flavoursome. That was great. And then the um, vegan one was uh, miso butter mushrooms and got some... Um, I can't remember what the big chunky mushrooms are, but you like cut them in half and they look like scallops. So you can score oh, them and then they end up looking like scallops. So that. And then people can pick whatever sauces they want 
and I also had dumplings that, um, on that one as well. That was the first time I did dumplings, so I really want to do them again. Well, you pushed yourself then. First pop-up, I'm going to make dumplings from scratch for the first time. Yeah, well, it's actually my second one. I did okay. one in Derby. That was a proper practice one, because yeah. if it went wrong, it's only in Derby. <laughs> so this was you the first never go there Nottingham again. one. <laughs> uh, so this is the first um, well, one in Nottingham, let's yeah. say. And um, so I did push myself a little bit more. Yeah. And because I just think, well, what would I want to eat? I'd want a bowl of noodles and then something to share yeah. with my partner or something. Perfect. So that's what I wanted to do. Lush, that's really good. I can't wait to come to the next one. I think it was when I was on holiday, so I, I couldn't make it. Otherwise, I would have been totally there. So we talked about um, the three sources that I've had. So I think my favourite out of them is the Citron BB. But BB is broad bean, isn't it? Yeah, so it's a fermented broad bean paste, wow. which is why I've shortened it, because it doesn't sound too appetising. <laughs> Hor horrible memories of being forced to eat broad beans as kids. So, um, But yeah, it just really adds a bit more spice and a bit depth of flavour. Yeah. There's also a gluten-free one, which doesn't have that in. Okay. But because um, in a lot of um, Chinese and Japanese ingredients, they just shove gluten in there. Just, I don't, I don't know exactly what it does, but it must do something. Yeah. So I imagine it's quite tough for people that are avoiding gluten to get that sort of flavour and things. So that's that's there for them. Great. That's really good to know that they can kind of come and ask you and you can advise mm -hmm. on, on which ones are suitable for them. Out of... Because how many different sources have you got now? So there's seven. Seven. I think. And what's your favourite? Or are they so... like your children? You don't have a favourite. Well, there's my favourite, which I would say is the Szechuan BB, but the one I use the most is garlic garlic. Just obsessed mm. with garlic, goes on everything. It does. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but what, if you had, could only use it one way, how would you use it? Probably to make garlic bread. Oh, I wouldn't even have thought of that. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, you just get the the chunks at the bottom, spread it on some bread. Yeah, obviously, and put or it like in the oven for a bit. Part eight baguette, you could. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then just put it in the oven. Or like a flatbread. You know those really sad nans that you get from yeah. supermarkets? Yeah. You know, it's like you can sprinkle sad as much water on as you want on that, but it's not going to be nice. So a little bit of garlic garlic on that, and then you've got yourself an actually nice nan bread. It's one of the things I really love um, about following you on Instagram. So mm. top tip to follow Gigi's on Instagram, even if you're not um, necessarily near Nottingham and near to getting her sources, although you do post. Yeah, um, but your great inspiration of ways to use them, I think is fantastic. Like, you know, just chuck it up some eggs, do yeah. this with it. You always get thinking up new ideas. Um, not even, no, that sounds really um, thought through. <laughs> it, it's not as if you're, I don't think, you're not thinking in a content creator way. You're literally just in the kitchen and being like, yeah. I want to put this on my dinner. How can I do it? That's it. I bought myself loads of planners. Like you need to plan your content, create some videos, and it just doesn't work like that. It is me. I've got a meal, I'm putting G&Gs on it, right? I've got to take a picture so everybody yeah. knows that they can have it. Because I just hate the idea of it being sat in someone's fridge or in mm. someone's cupboard and not getting any use. Because people, like, cooking is intimidating to people that don't know, aren't confident with it. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with it. I'm like, literally anything. You can't go wrong. I'm a complete testament to that in our house. We've got Citron BB at the moment, which I bought from Essen. And we actually had a Gusto box last week because I was too hectic and my other half insisted on putting our sauces on top of all of the gusto <laughs> meals like everyone he'd be like this needs something else this needs something else and that's, that's, that's what I'm my house for. and the chili jam my partner mate yeah. chili jam goes on everything yeah so you just can't we just can't stop ourselves here we go it's breakfast dinner yeah. lunch yeah chili jam
My other favourite post you did, to go back to your comment on the garage being your favourite, was your one about being an outdoor market in December and how many layers of clothes you had to put on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I did a videoed it and it was just... You're still cold. It's, yeah. it's mad. It gets right to your core. Yeah. Once your feet go, that's it. I do a bit of coaching outdoors and so I literally feel your pain in your yeah. hands and feet. Although, it's mind over matter at that point, isn't it? And lots of like, you have to do a lot of like jiggling and stamping, I think, yeah, to get some blood flow. It's like, yeah. you're like, gosh, do they need the toilet? No, they've just been stood outside for four hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to get the, the feeling back in their feet. It's almost easier to sit down, but it's not as welcoming to customers. Mm. You sit down, you can put a pad on, you can get a bit of yeah. lift from the ground. But then it's not, you're very unapproachable. Yeah. When you go to a market, you want to be greeted. I always want to be, not want to be, but I feel it's much easier to approach a store or stand as a person mm. who's there ready to engage with you. Yeah. They're sitting down hiding because it's so freezing. <laughs> but that does sometimes put people off. I know my partner, yeah. if there's someone stood there looking like, I'm about to talk to you, <laughs> he will not go near that market. <laughs> so you've sort of got, got to find the balance of like, oh, surprise. I have a like, I do a, a like metre sweep round the mm. market first with like a bit of a distance. Bit of and then go back again if I want to actually like dive in closer to one of them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. With the safety zone. Because if I want to engage with somebody, I really enjoy having a chat with them. Mm. If I'm like, yeah, you can tell though when you sort if you say like, hi, are you all right to someone? And they're just like, they just smile at you, you're like, okay, I'll leave you to it. That's yeah. fine. It's hard to get that balance though, isn't it? Mm. And you came from a kind of customer facing, did you have to give a customer facing role right now? Yeah, so I was um, front of house. So you had a bit more practice with engaging people. Yeah. What was that like in terms of taking it into a market like that? Did you step into that or did you find it took some time to develop? So I, I think it took me a bit, a bit of time. So when I first started doing the markets, me and my partner, he helped out. And because it's my thing, I don't want to be like, this is amazing, because that's, that's not the British way, is it? You yeah. know, you're like, oh, you know, it's okay. Uh, whereas he's there raving about them. And so I sort of looked, took a lot of um, advice from him. Because, yeah, I just sort of get a bit embarrassed talking about hyping, yeah, hyping, my, hyping my sources up. But now I'm like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, good. <laughs> and that's how you should be, because of... And it, that applies to, I think, all walks of life and any jobs and any side hustles. If mm. you're not promoting yourself, who is? Yeah. And like, if you had your other half standing next to you who's doing it for you, great. But you're not always going to have them standing next to you. And I think that's a good January bit of uh, inspiration for anyone yeah. out there. Is you take that into 2023. Yeah. Self promotion is the is the way to get out there and um, sell your wares. Yes, exactly. So before. Thinking back to kind of where you started from in food, you know, you, you mentioned your job in Michael Mamas, but what's your like earliest food memory? Um, I have a very, very distinct memory of watching Gary Rhodes' cookie, cookery programs on TV. But other than that, yeah, I can't you had really. Spiky hair. Yeah, yeah, and in my head it's like a, a foot tall. <laughs> Probably was only like normal spiky hair, but um, I remember, yeah, enjoying watching cookery programs and then. Um, I used to, um, you were talking about those Sainsbury's cookbooks. Yeah. We used to have one that was baking and there was one page, it was like, must have been the only page with a picture, <laughs> making the gingerbread in that. And I would always be like, Mum, can we make the gingerbread? That's probably my earliest food memory. Nice, so it does go back, you remember cooking with your mum mm -hmm. and those cookery programmes. I think, I think that's normal. And I think everybody's like that, but I don't think they are. No. That's fine, isn't it? <laughs> and so you don't just, um, we were talking earlier, you don't just do G&Gs, that's mm -hmm. not your, your full-time thing. So you've got another job as well? Yeah, I work at Stonebridge City Farm okay. in St Anne's. Um, just coming up to a year there, actually, and it's just so great. Like, it's just such a sense of community and it's 
pretty much completely run by volunteers. There's like 160 volunteers each week wow. that we see, and they're all just they're just great. And then the animals there, of course. But it, yeah, I think the volunteers make it a really special job. So if anyone that doesn't know what Stonebridge City Farm is or hasn't been, mm -hmm. what would I? Yeah, I've not been. What would I? What would I find? So it's. Um, I think our tagline is a slice of countryside in the heart of Nottingham. So we are, you know where Liquid Light is? Yep. It's just across the road from there. Um, we've got cows, sheep, ponies, pigs, um, there's loads of goats, like mm -hmm. pygmy goats as well, so they're adorable and small. <laughs> um, and so you can feed all of them except for the ponies. Um, yeah, you can buy animal feed on site and feed them, get up, up close and personal with them. They've also got loads of rabbits and guinea pigs. And then our gardens are really impressive. They're not like they don't look like much at the minute because now it's when winter. we're planting and stuff. It's winter, but um, so much produce. Like, yeah, it's just incredible that. And it's just what Tony, the head gardener, he's just sort of doing it all with all of the volunteers, of course. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I really and it's free, free to enter. So it's. Great family day out, or even if you don't have kids, I, I used to go before I worked there. Yeah. So it's brilliant. Sounds like a nice place to sit and read, but you should do a pop up in the garden in summer. Well, um, there is, there, yeah, I do want to do like maybe an evening supper club, mm -hmm. and we do have a pizza oven, which I, I haven't seen used yet, and I really want oh. to get it, yeah. um, get it going in the summer. Yeah, there's all sorts you can do in pizza oven as well. It's an absolute pizza. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. So, um, what's your like favourite local spot to eat in Nottingham? So I, I've listened to a few of the podcasts on it, so I knew this question was coming up, um, and I've got a question, an answer, but I kind of don't want to give it because I like, I don't want it to get really busy. <laughs> yeah, it isn't a secret. Like loads, of, it's always always busy, and loads of people know about it. So it's a um, hand-pulled noodle place on Market Street, I think it is. So it's opposite Revs to Cuba, and it's all, always steamed up. So you can't really tell. But yeah, they make the noodles and pulling them like fresh. Um, you can get a big bowl of broth or dry noodles, and it's really good. We'll have to get into town and try that then. And yeah. hopefully, we've been vague enough that people can't Google it. So yeah. that's happy days. And if you were going to go somewhere, maybe a, a second option, would you have a second one? Um, or like a brunch oh, spot or something like that? You're not allowed to say or Greenhood, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is actually the first time I've been here. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for I've coming heard. all out this way yeah. for us. No, that's all right. I'm definitely going to have a wander around. Yeah. Um, I say Slice and Brew. Their pizzas oh, are amazing. Okay. Yeah. And they're newly opened, aren't they? Yeah, yeah not yeah. long, just a few months. If you are liking that sort of thing, you should go down and check out Nosh. Yes, that was one. Yeah, Because they shot at like eight, I think. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, go and Because I remember having a look but I think it was must have been during lockdown they were just mm. completely closed and so it was always on my list and we've got the Chinese go supermarket back. as well over there yes you've got a new one open have we you know where Iceland used to be yeah yeah that's gonna be a, that's gonna be an Asian stroke Chinese supermarket big is one. it not the other one moving it might be but it's gonna be a big 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 oh, posh wow. one it's gonna be great oh good I'm gonna to come back and check that out we're super excited yeah yeah, and there has been a guy, there's a really nice Italian called Olivia, mm -hmm. and there has been a guy with like a dumpling stall outside there. I saw that the other day. Yeah. And I haven't tried them yet because I always walk past like as he's sitting up first thing in the morning. I think I need to come back and get some lunch and I keep forgetting. So we have got a bit of stuff going on in Beeston. So most of your sources <laughs> seem to be inspired by places other than Britain. Mm -hmm. Where did that love of that kind of food come from? I don't want to say Wagamama, but it probably would be. Um, I think 
I guess I always liked Chinese, Japanese, Korean food, and then working at Wagamama just simplified it, I suppose, made it a little bit more accessible. Um, I guess that's why Wagamama is so popular. Um, and then when I left there, just sort of threw myself into it, like cookbooks after cookbooks, and then I had a chance to go to other places, and it just sort of went from there. But they, I think that might be one of the, people think they're a bit intimidating because of the, like, the word Szechuan, oh, you only, can only use it for noodles, you can only use it for rice, but you really can't, like, the chilli garlic goes on eggs or a bacon sandwich, garlic, garlic. I had it mashed potatoes the other day. So they aren't just for that sort of cuisine. It can't be for anything. Absolutely, I think they really pair really nicely with things like fish and meat or, mm -hmm. again, you know, people might be doing veganuary, grab some tofu, either marinate it or fry it off and toss it in one of your sauces, put it in a stir-fry, yeah. jobs are good and I love your sauces in the cupboard for, like, a quick lunch because mm -hmm. I can just cook some rice noodles in some boiling water yeah. and whatever veg I've got in the fridge and I've got a meal with your sauces yeah, and I don't have to think about it. Yeah, because packed full of flavour, so they're there for, like, quick, easy meals. Yeah. Do you have, so you obviously do a lot of kind of intuitive cooking by the sounds of it, throwing mm -hmm. things together, but do you have any cookbooks that you return to time and time again? Um, so I've got the Easter, I'm not quite sure how you say it, I think it's Easter beverage. So she's um, used to work in Ottolinga Kitchen. Ah, I think it's okay. Mes Mescla. Okay. Um, relatively new one, um, but it's just, yeah, it's... Because Ottolenghi has this reputation of being, oh, you need loads of ingredients yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And it's similar, but a lot more, like, if you're interested in cooking, you will, are likely to have those in your um, pantry and in your cupboards and things like that. Yeah. And, and then it's just really pretty. I like how cookbooks now, there's a picture for each recipe. Yeah. And so I just read them like books, mm. other than... Yeah, I'm a bit obsessed with buying cookbooks. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We've just bought a new sideboard and I put all my cookbooks in it and now I'm and like, there's cool. space. <laughs> yeah. space. Oh, is there? Oh, oh, you need to fill it then. Yeah, Definitely. exactly. I just cooked one from Ottolenghi Simple, actually, mm -hmm. this week. And one of the things I did was I just didn't have half of the recipe, so I just Googled replacement four and just swapped out. Like, like mm. he wanted me to put in um, 500 grams of tomatoes, so I just used a tin of tomatoes. Yeah. And it was like... One... I don't think he minds. Yeah, he and it still that. tasted great. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes you do that and then you're like, why does this recipe not taste very good? It's like, oh, because you didn't have any half the ingredients. Yeah, it's completely <laughs> different things. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think with Atalengi, like, so long as, you know, instead of fresh tomatoes, you're using tins, it's yeah. all right. So, since when you started, um, I'm sure you've been to very many markets mm -hmm. and I'm hoping you get the chance to sample some other storeholders' wares. Is there anyone that you like, whenever they're at a market you're at, you're like, yes, this is the best? Um, so, I really liked Batched Bakehouse. Oh, okay. So, a little bit biased because I did used to work with him. <laughs> uh, but his stuff's always amazing. And, yeah, yeah when I pass cross, I'm like, right, that's breakfast sorted or loaf of bread. Yeah. I'd always get to go to Pad Thai as well if they're yeah. at any market. Um, and then um, the jam lady, Louise, the jam lady, we yeah. often do a swap. So a jar for a jar. A jar for a jar, yeah. So I'm working my way through loads of her different uh, jams and things, and she she always gets garlic. Garlic's her favourite. That's so nice. That's such a <laughs> yeah, little little bit of bartering there. That's great. So we've all um, 
finished our coffees and teas at Greenhood. Tom's tasted one of their new whipped buns and is shaking from his sugar high. Um, thanks so much for joining us, Grace. It's been really, really nice to speak to you. Yeah, thank and I think you, for you said me. the next place people can find you is at Bunnington Market. Yep. And that's the first week, first Saturday in February. Great. So we'll make sure we share that in the show notes so people can come find you and get their hands on some jars of your delicious sauces. Good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Here we are. I am just preparing some lunch. I'm working from home today, so it's a bit of a fridge rage job. Got some leftover, I call it a frittata, but I think any Spanish person would probably want to roll over in their grave because it's not like a Spanish frittata. I try and make one every other week. So I use six eggs, a whole um, carton of cottage cheese, which makes it extra light and fluffy. And then basically anything I've got in the fridge. So onion, this one's got um, some potatoes, roasted potatoes in it that were left over. Just trying to get some avocado out and I just splattered that. And it's got mushrooms in it and some leftover herbs I had languishing in the fridge. Some bits you kind of fry off, other bits you just lob in there. So I fried off a bit of onion. A mushroom, the rest I've just lobbed in there. Bit of nutmeg, bit of salt and pepper. And then I put it all in a silicon cake mold actually. And I pop it straight in the oven for about 50 minutes. Um, and it all sort of puffs up and goes lovely. And then that's like a good little lunch to take to work. Lunch when I'm working from home. You can hear me rummaging through my cupboards now and looking for some Tupperware to put the extra half of avocado in. So I've got my, what should I call it? Like an egg bake, my egg bake. I've got some avocado because that's been in the fridge for way too long and definitely needs eating. I've got some Rivita. Oh gosh, I used to call them a name. My Auntie Trudy always had Rivitas and I think I called them cardboard biscuits because I thought they were horrible. Especially compared to like the other buttery cheesy biscuits you get, Rivita was a bit meh. But I've got some Ravita because I run out of bread and they last forever, uh, which I'm going to smother in butter just to take any health off it. But I've also got to really spice up my lunch some of, um, whoopsie daisies, that's me taking the lid off, some of G&G's Sichuan BB saucy goodness, which I'm literally just going to drizzle over everything, to be honest. And that's going to add some spice and some heat, especially as it's not particularly hot day and I'm having a cold lunch, adding something a little bit with a little bit of its kind of own spicy goodness um, helps warm you up. So because it's got various different ingredients in it and a bit of oil as kind of the uh, carrier for the flavors, it separates a little bit. So I'm just giving it a little stir. This one is actually suitable for vegans as well. So the main, the BB is broad bean. So it's got some fermented broad bean paste. So that's got to be good for my gut as well, hasn't it? Oh, there we go, I'm drizzling. I'm gonna go for a second drizzle. Do, do, do. And that is my plate of lunchy, lunchy goodness. I'm going to serve that up now and I'm going to sit and eat in peace. That's a lie. I'm probably going to listen to a podcast. Not my own, obviously. Thanks for listening to Food Glue. Please subscribe to us and share us with all of your friends, family, your nan, your dog, whoever. We would love to hear from you via our Instagram at foodgluepod or you can email us at foodgluepod at gmail.com. And if you've got some spare time, please do rate and review us on your favourite podcast player because it helps other people to find us.